0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real Moms of Bravo.
1: Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. This program is sponsored by Organifi. Um, let's get it. Let's get it popping. As Lala would say, let's start with <laughs>
2: Winterhouse. Um, Yeah. Okay. I just we've been talking about this on our our group text. We call ourselves the Bravo chat room for those of you wondering. Um let's just I kind of want to talk about the Luke of it all because I feel like one, the story was obviously leaked to the press because we all heard about it when it happened. This is giving me like aspen deja vu. But I got like I feel awful in the way Luke was portrayed throughout this whole thing like he was they said he was he was kicked out of the house that's what they said for inappropriately touching girls come to find out he left on his own was welcomed back in and like had a very productive conversation with a person who was the most uncomfortable with him i don't like and the way he sat there and like listened and like both of them were fine at the end of the day like they ended up playing hockey together like I, I mean, I one I commend Lindsay 2.0. That's what I'm going to call her for speaking how she felt, and also saying to him, "No, you don't get to say something else after," even though he did. But like, I felt like it was a good conversation to watch. They resolved it. But like what was being portrayed and what was leaked to the media was completely different.
1: Oh, absolutely. I will say you guys, and we're not Luke apologists by any means. You kind of guys know who we stand and who we don't, but do like him, obviously shipping him and Ashley hard. But I will say I was very proud of him on being accountable, quick to just listen. I appreciated Lindsay 2.0 just being like, I don't need you to need your story. Like, hear me out. Like, I thought it was handled very, very well. So, um, but yes, I, my perception based on what was leaked before, I thought it was going to be much darker than what we saw. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad for everybody in this situation that it wasn't and that people feel safe. And also I think that was a great example for women to being able to speak up and mm-hmm. kind of share how they feel in uncomfortable settings without any sort of, um, repercussion or being shamed for it. Yeah. So I was, I was proud of that. So now that we got that part out of the way,
2: um, how do you feel about Austin coming back? Guys? I don't know what's happening with me. Like, I don't, I was saying I was at a mom happy hour last night. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I keep saying I'm hormonal, but I'm like close to like weaning my baby. I don't know if I could keep using that but I feel like something's affected my brain. I was looking forward to Austin's return and I'm kind of like made a mental note. I'm like, you know, it's like a dark season or like things are getting like way too intense too early. When you think that Austin Kroll is going to be the one that brings like levity and fun and like is going to like turn the season around. Like I never would have thought of that about Austin. And he's usually the top gossiper who like stirs shit up and somehow he comes in and then like, Is the voice of reason. Like even when he's saying to Craig, like, Craig, you need to talk to Luke. You can't do what you did to me and just not talk to me for three months.
1: Yeah. No, I'm here for it. I will say I had a bit of compassion for Sierra because hearing Austin talk about Olivia and his new relationship, it sucks to be the person that's not like that's person. So Austin's telling Sierra, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not ready for a relationship. Yeah. And then he he was ready with Olivia and it sucks to be that person that wasn't the one he was ready for. Um, because we all know she had it h- harder for him um than the other way around. So I I do feel bad for her. I mean, clearly she's gorgeous and it's gonna she's gonna do just fine. But um I felt I felt for her in that situation. Um also, do you think you'd wanna do a hit high intensity interval training workout post-drinking?
2: No. And then he was saying he like was Corey was clarifying that they're gonna drink after they work out. That also sounds terrible to me. Like, I don't know. After, like, I do, like, a hard Peloton ride or a hard workout, I want to, like, sit in my car with the AC blasting and, like, drink water and nothing else. Like, the idea of drinking a beer sounds terrible. Now, I do know I've ran, like, 5Ks and you drink a beer after, but I I don't know. I feel like when you talk to people who run, like, full-on marathons, like, yeah, I don't really want the beer at the end of it.
1: No. I mean, drinking – yeah, I'm with you. I would be, like, game for brunch. Like, but this, me saying this, is if I didn't drink the night before. Like it's one thing to like get up four in the morning, do like a group
2: workout class, and then go to brunch and start boozing. Um, But no, that sounded that's you not know a what's horrible. crazy. So I am like naturally an early riser, always have been. And post college, I lived in um, an apartment with a good friend of mine, and we were like the first ones that had apartments. Everybody was mostly living with their parents, so they like. When we would go out, everyone would spend the night at our house, and I'd wake up at like 7, and this is at the age where everyone's still sleeping until like 10 or 10.30 because they don't have kids yet. So I would go to the gym hungover and sweat out the night before and always feel better. Oh, wow. I don't do that anymore, obviously. <laughs> um, but I was like, "Wow, I used to. I guess I kind of used to be that person." I'm having this realization that, like, I've done that, and it actually was very therapeutic to sweat it out. I will say, you smell awful though, because you sweat out like all the toxins. Drinking. Yeah, yeah, it was. Bad. <laughs>
1: um. Okay. So let's let's find out what else happened. This I feel like Winterhouse. I'm looking forward to. I mean, like you said, Austin being in there, the Tom showing up. I just feel like the newbies. I do like Rachel. Not really into just Jessica, I think her name's Jessica, Lindsay 2.0. Jason is sweet, but like in terms of drama, I don't know. It just feels different.
2: Yeah, it feels like it's kind of a little bit more of a forced cast. Like I think they brought Jason back. I don't know, just to bring him back. Um, Rachel feel, I mean, like she's fitting in with Jason, but it feels like she's a little bit for, I don't know. I feel like it's a little disjointed and I think it will get better now that Austin's there. And we bring the Toms in, but, um, I don't know. It's not quite like what we had last winter house. I'll say.
1: Yeah, for sure. But you know what? We're three episodes in and then the beauty of Bravo sphere and us Bravo fans we are quick to change our minds. I'm the first to admit it. Oh yeah. So we'll see. We'll bring it on. We'll be calling Um,
2: this the greatest Bravo show in like three weeks. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Just wait for it. So that was that. I mean, I kind of felt like it was like, yeah, whatever. Like, Fun, light episode, um, light-ish, aside from uh, the conversations at consent, but it was, you know, winter house. Um, Salt Lake, I feel like
2: was a filler episode for me. Totally. I like I actually watched it and was like, oh, I don't feel like I even need to make notes on this for the podcast because um it did feel like a filler episode. I felt like it was just a way like, okay, now we're gonna bring Angie in. Like it just felt I think this is just one of those like to like lead up to a bigger story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's okay. Let me get your opinion on one thing. I lake like before we um, move on, but what is your take on Whitney versus Heather and the explanation of it being like, you know, Whitney is not the best with her <laughs> words and ex- explaining things, but the explanation, like their fight is over whether someone heard this or not. And Angie when confronted was like, never was like den- full blown denied it. She was more or less, I don't remember, which I, yeah, I feel like that's different in my opinion. She's trying to say Switzerland is what I got. Yeah. Like, but um, what's your opinion on bad weather and the conversation?
2: So I love me have some Heather gay. Like, I think what I love about her is she is openly a fan of Bravo. Like when we ran into her, she was like freaking out about seeing Vinky Gumbelson. Like there is a very, realness down to earthness to her that I think makes her very relatable and just kind of like a natural fan favorite. And she's been nothing but nice to us as well. Like when we see her, when we interact with her, however, I think she is taking advantage of the fact that Whitney isn't great with her words and that sometimes maybe Whitney isn't viewed as the most like intelligent, credible source but I think Whitney might actually be telling the truth, and Heather's the one trying to like get herself out of a bad situation, and that's where the fight. Some of it were, some of the fight sparked from.
1: I couldn't agree more. And guys, I think had we not witnessed the Salt Lake panel mm-hmm. it, at BravoCon, I think we would be
2: one hundred team Heather. Like yes. I,
1: it's really weird. It's hard to explain. I just you can like,
2: watch it though, guys. It's on Peacock if you want to go we'll watch it.
1: Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I just think how Whitney really stood her ground just kind of made me think, huh, like what's going, what's going on here. And I do think some of the um, trauma that Whitney experienced as a child also, I think kind of contributes Mm -hmm. um, to it in the sense that maybe Whitney may not feel like heard and believed by Heather. I mean, she's never said this, but I'm just reading between the lines and the tension and whatnot. Especially when you're like, don't call me a liar. That seems to be mm-hmm. a big tri- trigger point for all our Bravo labs. Don't call me a liar. Um, so anyhow, that that is, that is that. So that's Salt Lake. Uh, more to come. And let's take a quick little ad break and talk about Organifi. So guys, the holidays are coming up. Um, what better way to kind of feel good about what you're putting in your body than having some Organifi. Organifi is truly juicing made easy right now for my pumpkin basic bitch- bitches. They have a <laughs> pumpkin spice flavored and a chocolate flavor um, gold that you can warm up. It's a nice way to kind of relax in the evening. Um, if you're wanting something to drink, that's not alcohol or don't want to just drink water. Um, I think it's something that is good and makes you feel good. So again, don't forget that we have that 20% off for you. So visit Organify.com slash real moms, um, and use promo code real moms to get 20% off.
2: All righty. Let's, oh God, like
1: I should we do ever, Potomac first? And then I was like, do, do we do
2: take a collective sigh? Let's say, let's, let's save. Beverly Hills yeah let's
1: do that we're gonna let's do Potomac first
2: all right uh let's just give a round of applause for Candace being like don't edit out my fourth wall I want that in there like whoo Potomac is like god like I try I was trying to explain it to some people last night because they're like oh I haven't started Potomac yet I know I need to I know I need to I'm like what people maybe not like don't realize about Potomac that's so amazing is like it is just so fucking real. Like the that conversation and like her saying like don't edit out my fourth wall. No other franchise is probably saying that shit. Like I just it gave me chills in a good way. I loved. Oh, it,
1: it was fantastic. I think too what the number one thing, and I've been telling this actually, I had similar conversation with someone who's like, "What well, should I watch next?" I'm like, Potomac. I'm like, Potomac has the perfect balance of drama and comedy. And I feel like we're missing so much of the comedy aspect in Our Housewives. But Potomac makes me laugh, but also makes me go, oh, like, you know, we have a hot mic moment.
2: Oh, my uh, God. So that, not
1: only that, but
2: Wendy has a hot mic moment. The doctor, professor, has a hot <laughs> mic. I mean, I love how she was like, we all know she's lying. And she's like, oh, my mic's still on. Let's unmic mic me. Can we unmic mic me? I'm like, ooh. And the production played it dirty and put it out there. And I loved it. It's it also so was- good. A neat little like peek into what filming is like, because, you know, typically when they leave the place, that's the end of it. We don't see it. And Wendy's producer is talking to her and it's like, what do you really think of Mia? How do you feel about Mia? And I'm guessing typically that's not on film and like, you know, not something we would see, but like it's like a peek behind the curtains to see kind of how some of this drama is played up. Cause you do hear the producers will say it and the women will say nothing is scripted. But if a producer hears something that another housewife says, they'll tell you it so that you can, it like builds up some drama for you. And I felt like that was kind of a neat little peek behind the curtain. No,
1: it was great. And I think too, like, it just kind of reminds you that housewives are just like us. Like, let's be real. Like. Yeah, I'm very honest and forward with my closer friends and how I feel about you've talked some shit. You and I have done that. Yeah. But but to somebody like you were not that close to like, of course, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're not lying. It's just very funny seeing how I feel like Wendy um, brands herself in a way. It feels like very off character. And I kind of appreciated um, Robin kind of going after it and poking at
2: it and then she revealed herself i did not expect those two to go head to head and i was i was actually like you know i love you guys i love robin i might be a robin apologist you are you've
1: always loved robin let the record show that you've always have loved
2: robin i don't know what day one but when she purposely didn't invite wendy's kids to family fun day i was like oh i like i usually and in, in the, in the, I really am a, a Robin apologist for almost everything else. I even like sympathize and like, no, I see why like Juan cheated, but it's okay. Like, guys, I know I'm. it's like a mental thing. But when she said to Wendy, I'm not going to invite you. And like Wendy's like, I draw the line with the kids. Like, and I agree. I was like, why would you purposely leave out someone else's kids? If all the other kids are going to be there and you're even inviting Mia's family, like I think Wendy's kids should have been included.
1: I I bet she'll end up. Like she I will, feel like, I like will end that. up, I'm but like, I don't know. In. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. So uh, we'll we'll see. Um I also and the green-eyed bandits are gonna split, you guys. Uh, I don't think they're gonna fully split. No, I think they're gonna fight. Like I know. I, you know, I can't Karen is it. quick to say there's cracks in it, which I fucking love, Karen. I also love that Karen and Giselle like the best frenemies ever on bravo they know how to like (laughs)
2: have fun but
1: also karen's like i don't trust this bitch still (laughs)
2: like it's just really funny to me i Um, love when giselle's like i love the way karen loves me (laughs) like i'm like oh my god they're they know they know they are each other's yin and yang and like without one another they're not as great and i just love that they realize absolutely no i could not agree more so it's it's really fun Um,
1: to see that and then which husband do you think that Karen felt oh my god
2: I'm dying I was like I started like screaming at my tv I'm like tell us who it is Karen come on um I think it's maybe someone who isn't on the cast anymore or I wonder if maybe it was Jamal um Giselle's ex-husband oh maybe i I, I can't i I don't think it's juan i don't think it's chris i I mean oh could it be mia's husband maybe maybe it's what's his name gordon what is his name that is no that's right i think that's okay i was like geez sorry guys um i don't know but like my head's racing i don't know because we also haven't had too many too many women not like it's not like a, been a re- revolving door of housewives. Charisse has left, Katie has left, um, Monique has left. Am I missing anyone else? Um, mm.
1: uh, Katie. Well, you said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, that's it. Wow. Oh, so. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Last thing with Potomac, I do respect that Robin is like, no, this is out of mm-hmm. like Giselle's out of line. Chris, this is not who Chris is. Like, I kind of, like, appreciated that, Robin. Like, it's it's nice to oh, see. Oh, welcome to the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm what I'm saying is in a close friendship, because we're so used to. Don't worry, guys. We'll get into Beverly Hills and talk about the Fox Force 4 or 5, whatever. Three, but It's, two, it's refreshing yeah. to see when you have two close friends when one of them is not, is willing to be like, no, that's not right. That's not cool. This is what I know of this man and you're she's like blowing this all out of proportion and it's making much ado about nothing. Yeah. Um and I believe Chris and Robin and I think he has the public opinion on his side as well. So um I don't know. I I like that from Robin. And I also think Chris has a friendship with some of these women. Um I kind
2: of sense that with him and Robin like for her to come to his defense. I agree. I also like I don't, I, I don't think he meant anything behind it either. Like anything, I don't think there was any, like he was sliding into DMs. If Karen truly felt uncomfortable or if Giselle truly felt uncomfortable, then I'm not going to be a Kyle and tell somebody how they, how they feel. But I, I just, I don't see him doing that. I just don't. So I appreciated Robin, even though it's like her good friend kind of sitting down with them and saying, this is how I feel. Um I also want to say I really do appreciate Candace sharing her full um egg retrieval like the first part of basically IVF journey because I think um when like when she started crying and she's like I f- she feels like she's already failing at the first part of being a mom and she's not a mom yet like it kind of broke my heart it made me teary eyed because I think even when you become a mom there's so many ways where you feel like your body has failed you at some point, whether it's like, for me with my first, I had a very low supply and I'm like, oh my God, I already can't feed my kid. I know and Vanessa, you might be able to speak to this. Like some women feel like if they have a C-section the first yeah. time, it's like my body's failed that. me. Yeah. Yep. And so I was just like, my heart broke for her. Cause I wanted to be like, it's not fa- like, you're not failing. It's nothing you can do. But I appreciate her sharing that. Cause I like, for me, like I got teary-eyed cause I'm like, I've, I have been there as a mom. I know you have, too. And I'll let you kind of talk about it. Your yeah, experience. no,
1: absolutely. I have been there. I was going to say, are you a Basset hound?
2: God, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I can't like guys. I mean, just being the Robin apologist is enough. But I will. I do like her. I'll, I'll say that.
1: I just am laughing. These fan names, guys, you can't make this shit up. It's just like funny, like tree huggers and the Basset hounds. It's just funny. Yeah.
2: what Robin doesn't have. like she doesn't have a lot of fans. We don't have a name. for us. No, Robin. she does. But I don't know what what Robin, I mean, I think it's just a, we're the Dixonators. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I made that up and that sounded really dirty. So I'll we'll yeah, think dead. of something better. You might want to run. We're, that we're Batman and Robin. That's me. And that's, that's what we'll say. I'm okay. Batman and Robin. I don't all right. know. All right. But no, go to it. talk about your, I'm sorry. We got, but you can talk a little bit about how like you have felt like that too. No,
1: no, no. I don't have anything more to add to that. Oh. Yeah. I think as women, um, and I recently posted something about this because it took me a moment with my first to understand that. Um, thankfully I quickly processed it, but I know for some women it's not that way, but, um, I felt like, damn, I got induced. I pushed for four hours. I was like, God damn it. When I was told I needed to have a C-section, the amount of tears that came out of my face was like so insane. I felt like my body had failed me that I couldn't, um, just do what I'm naturally as women were supposed to do um, thankfully my doctor was like cry. Like she's like, cry it out, cry it out. And then shortly after, you know, I was able to process and also knew I did not want to put myself through that again. But I also like to say for C-section mamas, like it's not, um, society sometimes like to make it seem like it's a cop out, which it's not, it's a surgery, a very intense one where they cut through seven layers. Um, I recently looked at a little diagram of all the different layers. (laughs) So, um, all this to say is, we're all moms. We're all doing our best. Let's not make our lives harder than being harder on ourselves, on the way our motherhood journey has been. But easy said than done. But I hope whoever, you know, if you need to hear that, someone who's listening, who's struggling, just know like you are doing amazing. You are not a failure. We all have good days and bad days. And it's a fucking roller coaster ride. I mean, I've shared things about Camila my youngest who's a fucking little like dictator <laughs>
2: my <laughs> household um remember when you said like she was gonna be your easy one? <laughs> oh my
1: god no I love how big you're laughing right now because mom of three here is like ha ha ha, ha.
2: she doesn't well have- I just they all yeah. change it's like I always just I'm like oh I hope so because I do hope she's your easy one but I'm like mm, God no. when they turn two and a half into three it's like no it's like it's an exorcism full blown on it's like I'm her bitch so
1: <laughs> it's really what <laughs> it comes down to um wow So right. so what a better segue than uh to talking about let's beverly talk hills. about other little
2: bitches <laughs> beverly hills um oh i i want to talk about this but i don't it was like it was hard to watch some of it i don't know for you i just like i felt like i could sense and feel a lot of friction and hurt between kyle and kathy and it like it was hard but Okay, before we dive into that, when they were talking about, uh, I I put in made a note that love that Andy told telling Kyle it's unsettling. What was unsettling? Now I'm forgetting. And I watched this last night. I I, I I saw your
1: note and it didn't ring to the top
2: of Well, he said something to her. I I guess it was like something about, I just like that Andy was really calling out the women's behavior part three. I'll just say that. And so he starts to question Erica and kind of going through her journey and um, also, just kind of
1: poking at her behavior oh. and her drinking. Go ahead,
2: I remember what was unsettling the way Kyle and Mauricio were laughing about they really enjoyed this different side of Erica, and she thought it was hilarious that Erica told Jax to f off. um, I really liked that Andy said to Kyle, it was unsettling watching you enjoy that, yeah, that sounds like ooh, but
1: yeah, I appreciated that he kind of went in on that and focused more. I think Garcelle, what she was wanting from Erica, I mean, Erica did apologize, but I think she wanted a lengthier apology. I think she wanted her to say, I'm sincerely sorry for my behavior. And that was so wrong and whatnot. I did appreciate Garcelle also calling out Dorit and was like, shit, like if that happened to you, like we would be talking about this for three parts. Like, so why is it different for me? So I, I love that garcelle stuck to her guns um it is kind of fascinating you do have to remember that these women may not see things in real time so they're hearing like play by play like i had to remind myself of that when kyle was laughing when she shouldn't have been um but uh, i i kind of i don't know i feel bad for Garcelle really throughout this whole reunion and how she's been treated but um going back to erica so Erica, of course, used an analogy of <laughs> going down as a plane when there are plane victims. I was like, God damn it, Erica, what are you doing? Um, But I, what I will, do want to say about Erica, guys, we witnessed it a little bit at BravoCon. Erica's coming for her redemption season, and you don't have to like her. I think Erica's always going to be that ice queen. But I also think she's understanding that she needs to be more vulnerable. And I think when she sees, shares that vulnerability, it is, it means a lot to us as viewers. So I don't know. I just, I find it interesting. I think my opinion of her has greatly shifted after seeing her at certain panels at BravoCon. And yes, I know she came for Dorit, but again, parts of that, I'm like, well, this is the Erica that we initially all liked.
2: Yeah, I I loved her at BravoCon. I like, I walked out of there and I think I said to Lucy, I'm like, oh my God, like she killed it. Like, And everyone's like, no, that like, she's like, you said, she's fine being the villain. And she's like, I think she's just like, you know what, if this is what you're going to make me be, I'm going to like, I'm going to ride this. And it's so smart because when you try to be everyone's favorite, I think like Kyle, for example, like enjoys kind of being every, one of everyone's favorites. When people don't like you and they turn on you, it it's like that much harder for you. But like when you're already like villain and people like don't like you, there are like there's only moments where then like they start to like you and worst case scenario, you go back to where you were. I'm like, actually, Erica's in like maybe the best position of all of these women going into next season. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that she said she talks to Tom all the time because she wants to show him humanity. And I was like the irony of it. I'm like, you can't show humanity towards victims. Like, she'll say they're not my victims. Like, she'll say that. And she's not worried about other people's lives, only her own. But yet she wants to show humanity to Tom. It just doesn't make sense to me. No,
1: that part is forever confusing. But, you know, what's not confusing is when she says she's getting lots of sex and at least this dick stays hard. Uh, Like, yeah. I love that. I'm like, yes, you're right. Get that hard Maybe,
2: (laughs) Maybe that's like giving her, she's got some big dick energy because she's getting big dick. (laughs) It could be. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, let's go to Kathy. All right,
1: let's go to cat The fucking showdown. I'm gonna oh, tell you she guys came in that. ready, ready. Who? Where do you want to begin?
2: How about her saying to Rena, "Would you swear that on your life over the Bible?" I mean, when they showed the clip, and usually the women stay quiet, and Kathy's like, there was like this part that came about saying what Kathy said, Rena saying it, and Kathy's like, "Would you swear on a Bible?" And then there was one other thing where she was talking about, like, Lisa being a liar and, like, leaking it and, like, the things she said. And Renna goes, I don't recall. She's like, I don't recall that. And the face she made is the exact same face she made when she told Kyle she doesn't remember saying that Kim was near death. So I actually, I think some of it is true. I don't think Kathy is, you know, an angel. But I think Renna blew this up a lot. Oh,
1: I think Renna leaked yeah. this to the press between her and I think Erica gave her the information and Rena obviously Renna witnessed her behavior as well. But I think Renna's all over the reason why it was in the press. I, a couple of things like that blew me away. Um, well, one, finally, Erica said what we had been hearing all along that, Kathy used a homophobic slur mm-hmm. um, and Erica said it. That's that's the same story that we've heard since Aspen was happening in real time. Um, I was also, I mean, not to sound dumb, but that there was an HR investigation. I was like, wait, what? Uh, I think my confusion with the HR department of housewives is Okay, so do you have an HR investigation for the bots? Like, where where do we draw the line? here? <laughs> because there's so many lines being crossed on Housewives. There's been assaults, attacks. And I like,
2: know. I want to know. Was it HR, like Housewives HR or NBC Universal HR? Because technically, I, bet I guess they're all yeah. employees of NBC. I te- I think technically, I bet it's NBC for sure. I think it's probably NBC Universal.
1: So that that part was just fascinating to me. I also died as so. And let me get, ask you this before we kind of continue. Do you believe that Kathy said that?
2: I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I also think Kathy. As much as so what we love about Kathy is her out of touch with reality, right? You know, calling the lady to get things for her and asking someone to bring her chia seeds. And it's like, it's funny because it's like, God, the rest of us don't live a life where people just wait on us hand and foot. And she assumes that. I also think you. It's, an, it's a bit of an assumption, but I would imagine that an entitled, wealthy white woman who, for the most part, hangs out with a lot of other entitled white women. White, people, <laughs> white women, is going to have some um, implicit biases and is going to feel certain ways about people not like her. And I, I would not be shocked if Kathy. I bet Kathy uses the F word. F-A-G, um, with the circle of friends. And in that moment, she kind of forgot where she was and said it. I I really do think. she. Well,
1: I also think too, and again, guys, we're not apologizing. The wild thing about this is that Kathy somehow still looks good. Even though this happened, like that's the most twisted plot twist of all. But what I'm going to say is if anyone has watched Paris and love, I feel like you kind of see the real Kathy, um, a lot of
2: people have DM'd us about that. Like, have you seen Paris in Love? Because it's a different Kathy.
1: It's a whole different Kathy. It's very much controlling. Like, I kind of see bits of that with her versus um, Kyle. But I did, on the flip side, again, we don't condone any of that. I want to preface this. You guys know us. Like, we don't condone any, any slur of any kind. Um, we support our LGBTQ community, we, like, with open arms. Um, so that I just want to say that. But I also, it's just wild to me that Kathy like still comes out looking on top of this. Um, Also, I died, like nearly gagged that Kathy said that she has a little bit more credibility than you when she was going after Erica. And then also saying that Erica, where did you get these earrings? This Cartier bracelet or (laughs) whatever it was, this Gucci bag. I was
2: just done. She was like, did not hold back. No, she didn't at all. Um, I, I thought it was kind of funny because Erica did have an answer for all of it. So I, I think I was almost like, oh, Kathy, you came after the wrong bitch. Keep keep going after Rinna. Um, But I, I think the thing that was like hardest for me, though, was like Kyle will say, OK, it's my fault again. And this is my fault again. And I could see Kathy trying to put this on Kyle. Like she thought Kyle was going to throw a special... Party for her and her tequila. So then that's why she was mad at Rena, but she wasn't really mad at Rena. She was mad at the situation because she felt she was embarrassed by how she felt. And then she was mad that Kyle didn't go home with her. And Kyle kind of explained the way Kathy came over to her. It wasn't like, you know, Kyle said it really perfectly. And then you could even see the way where she, like, Kathy was like, come on, let's hug. It just felt like, oh, I can really see, like, I can see the hurt and, like, I can kind of see the sense of, like, Kyle has always been the punching bag and the fam.
1: Yeah. and But, family, you know, on the reverse like- side, because Kathy's is like, Kyle, don't be a martyr. Like, why are you so upset? I do see. And granted, we only see. I have to remind myself of this as well. Production films for like 12 hours a day is for four months. And we only get one hour for so many weeks. So we don't yeah. fully see everything. However, I know kyle was very fragile in that moment but when renna called kathy the devil but that she saw the devil yeah kyle's not like renna like stop like i i don't feel like kyle has gone hard after renna as hard as i would if i were a sister um you can speak to yourself being having two sisters but um I don't know. I kind of I kind of consen- get a little bit of where Kathy's coming from. I also think Kathy has now lived the housewife's experience, probably mm-hmm. has a little lingering resentment on how Kim was treated and how mm-hmm. Kyle didn't stand up for her, so she's like, "Oh, now I totally see what's happening because it's happening to me."
2: Not saying yeah. I agree with that, but that's kind of yeah. what I'm imagining what's going through her head. Well, she did say that, she said, Kyle, you didn't say a word. And I like how she was like, we'll talk about it later. And Kyle was trying to get it on camera. And I think that pissed Kathy off. Like, you're not going to use me for your storyline now. Um, I did think it was interesting that Dorit tried to, like, step in and say something. And Kyle was like, I really don't need you to get involved here. Like, I was like, whoa, you rarely see those two kind of, like, snap at each other. And then I was like, Dorit's like, well, we're trying to wrap this up. Like, I felt like, I was like, wow, like... This is more than just a friction between Kyle and Kathy. I think it really is splitting the group.
1: Yeah, no, it it was just insane to watch. Like, I loved the way that Kathy read run up, but I did not like how the sister dynamics like it felt very toxic. And you guys, I hate I fucking hate watching families fight. Um, and you can see that I, I had a dude have a lot of compassion for Kyle because I think she knew the minute Kathy and her body language and how she was speaking. She was like Fair as wedding. Like I felt like that's all she was thinking about.
2: My, yeah. I want my
1: family to be together. The way
2: Kathy was like, Oh, I don't know. she's she, like, she said something like. Uh, she said, I'm sure my family will be there. Like she didn't say she'll be there. She said, I'm sure my family will be there. And I was like, oh, that's her way of being like, we might not go.
1: And when I also think she's going to dangle this in front of her until Mm -hmm. the wedding actually happens. Like it's going to be like TBD dependent on their state of their relationship. And the fact that they went weeks and weeks without talking and saw each other at BravoCon, like, holy, Kathy, I feel like holds more grudge than Kyle does. She holds the upper hand in that. And I don't know, guys. It's just so toxic. Uh, final question for you: Do you want Kathy back next
2: season, or do you think she'll be back? Two part question. A part of me does. I mean, I think okay. If there's not other people in the mix, I think she is telling the truth when she says she's not going to come back. I don't think she's going to go through another season like this. If she gets a friend in there, I know a lot of people are like hoping, like maybe Faye has a bigger piece in it. I don't think Faye is going to join the show. Um, I think if one rena leaves or if another friend that's more of a friend of kathy's joins i could see her potentially doing it again um but i i think ultimately she probably won't come back i think it was hard for her not being the fan favorite she likes she has an ego and she's a little bit of a narcissist and so i think she loves all that attention yeah i mean i think people who go on housewives
1: Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you love people like standing you and loving you and all that shit like of course it's gonna like right stroke to the ego yeah i don't think she's going to come back either um i think it would be wise of her to not come back truthfully to like maintain and salvage the relationship that she does have with her sister i'm tbd with renna like guys like i as much as i give shit to renna have hated her this season slash we are blocked from her we do Mm -hmm. need a villain i'm we always need a villain. The minute we get rid of someone, like, remember when Vicky and Tamara were always yep. like, damn it, we wish we had this person back. I'm for Rena as long as alliances have truly shifted and people more than Garcelle and Sutton are willing to go head to head. Like, it has to feel, yeah. like, evenly split to me. So I, even though I'm hashtag blocked by Renna, I'm I'm okay because we need villains. We need people
2: to dislike. All right. Well, that was this week in Bravo. Wow. Um, Hot takes. Woo. Let's end it there. Uh, who's your shout out?
1: I'm going to give my shout out to Giselle Buncheon, who finally divorced Tom Brady's ass. It just came <laughs> out today, it's official. So I am thrilled for her. Leave that baggage. You want to put someone who puts you first, not their career. So that's my shout out.
2: I love it. Um, my shout out this is rare that we give a shout out to a guy. I'm giving my shout-out to the um, – I don't know if you saw this because I know you're not necessarily into, like, sports as much as I am. But um, there was a father who was a coal miner who rushed from his job to make it to the Kentucky, um, like, inner squad like, scrimmage game that, that was going on. And um, he was, like, covered in, like, dirt or so- whatever it is. I'm not – I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a coal miner. But his face was clear. Like, you I could saw tell he- it. Yeah, he came straight from work and he said that he didn't have time to take a shower and he didn't want to miss out on the game with his son. And um, I'm actually not a huge Kentucky fan. I'll just say it. Sorry, guys. But John Calipari grew up in West Virginia, um, which is a strong like in a strong cold mining community and was so touched by it that he tracked like he had his people track him down, reached out to him to say, like, you can go to any game you want this season, pick any game. Um and bring your son and we're going to get you amazing seats. Hotels were so inspired by it. They've offered him a free stay. He's getting like free food. The team, like other players were really touched by it. And I think what was so touching was that like, here's a guy working a really hard, physical, laborious job, but like does it for his kid and didn't want to miss out on that moment. And I just like, I think for me personally, I probably like it, as bad as this, I would have been a little embarrassed to go there and like not have showered. I always think about like, oh, my God, like like when I do drop off and I haven't had time, like I I don't look put together and it's like. I shouldn't care what other people are thinking about my appearance. I'm just there to drop off my kids, walk them into school and give them a hug because I know one day I'm just going to have to drop them outside and they won't want me to walk them in. And I think that's kind of how that dad felt. Like one day my kid's not going to maybe want to go to these games with me. So I'm going to go covered in dirt and show up. And I just thought it was really sweet. So That is super sweet. You always have the sentimental ones and I'm always like <laughs> –
1: fuck tom brady dump, that's where dump his at. ass dump well i don't ass. like
2: i don't like tom brady i got a lot of heat when i said that he cheated on bridget monahan and i'll die on that hill i think he cheated on her oh which yeah is patriot so. fans bring it on mm-hmm. we'll we'll go we'll we'll go there so bring that's on. that is a hill i'll die on um <laughs> so um oh my god
1: okay uh, so thank you guys so much for your support also thank you so much for all your kind messages regarding our bravo con- footage or footage coverage um, and also the recap episode we've received so many good feedback so let's keep the good feedback coming give us a five star rating written review we're hustling we're hustling always so we're trying to get some people back on the pod or some new guests on the show and that only only helps so please um, take a moment to do that and then if you want to support us monetarily you know patreon patreon.com slash real moms of bravo and And with that, we'll catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A ThermoSpa's hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.